The sun shines on your face. The sand slips between your toes. The sound of the waves lull you to sleep. And the taste of that pina colada still, still lingers on your taste buds. Man, vacation is the best. When, when you go on a, on a vacation like this, you just don't want to leave. It, it's, it's the best kind of vacation when you're just lounging somewhere on a beach. You don't want to leave, right? Don't want to go back home. You wish you could just extend the moment. You wish you could just lounge on that beach every day. Forget about your troubles for a while. Maybe turn some Jimmy Buffett on the radio. That'd be nice. But you know this too. Vacations, they don't last forever. Eventually, you got to pack your bags and go home. You, you got to go back to reality. And getting on that departure flight and leaving the beach is painful because it was so nice to get away. Peter, James, and John were not exactly lounging on a beach, but they were in a place that they wished they never had to leave. Jesus took these three disciples with him on a special little side trip up on a mountain to pray. But while they're on that mountain, they see something incredible. You hear it again. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. And, and when we use that, that big fancy word, transfiguration, this is the moment that we're referring to. The, the face of Jesus, the appearance of it changed right before his disciples' eyes. His, his face is shining with that same radiant brightness that Moses' face was shining with in that earlier reading we had from Exodus today. Big difference, though, between Moses and Jesus. The face of Moses was simply reflecting the light of God's glory. The face of Jesus was the face of God. Not, not reflecting light, but generating it. The book of Matthew actually says that his face shone like the sun. Sun's pretty bright. We heard it already. That's, that's one of the brightest things you could ever look at. But if it's not bright enough, we also hear that his, his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And, and you know what happens when lightning strikes. It's, it's only there for a, a brief second. But it's bright enough to light up everything for miles around. So imagine a, a lightning strike that hits, but it doesn't disappear in a flash. It stays lit. That would be something to see. Or maybe it would just be too bright to even look at at all. And literally here, the, the words used here for the, his clothes says they became like white lightning, which of course here in the Appalachian Mountains means something else entirely different. <laughs> Jesus' clothes did not turn into moonshine, but they did shine with light that was brighter than the moon, brighter than the sun and lightning all combined. Would have been something to see. But that's not all that happened, right? 
There's also an appearance by two men that didn't come up with them on the mountain. Two of the greatest prophets from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, are there. They, they appear in glorious splendor, too. And, and just think how incredible their, their appearance is, too. Both of these men had departed from this world long ago. Moses, he's been dead for about 1,400 years. Elijah, he got taken up directly to heaven by God about 800 years earlier. But here they are, just having a chat with Jesus. Of course, as this all starts to happen, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. This happens more than once to them. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. Seeing Jesus unveiled in all his glory as God himself, plus seeing his heroes from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, standing there, this is just too much for Peter. It overtakes him. And in typical Peter fashion, he, he says something without really thinking about it first. It is good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters for you guys. We can all stay a while. Peter caught a glimpse of what heaven must look like there on that mountain. And he just wanted to capture that moment and extend it as long as possible. Peter didn't want to leave. He said, it is good for us to be here. And then we also realized, though, that Peter couldn't stay there. He was, he was right about one thing. It was good for them to be there, but they couldn't stay there. When you, you look back at the very first verse in our reading today, you notice that Jesus, he gives them the whole plan. He tells them why, why they couldn't stay there on that mountain. They had to leave it. Back in that first verse, says about eight days after Jesus said this, he took them up onto that mountain. What is this that Jesus said about eight days ago? Jesus gave the whole plan to his disciples. He was very specific. He, he told them exactly how it had to go down in order to win, in order to win salvation for them. This is what he said just about eight days ago. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised to life. Peter forgot about that plan. Peter just wanted to sit and bask in the glory of that moment and, and leave reality behind. He didn't want to depart from the mountain. Peter also wasn't listening to what Jesus and Moses and Elijah were talking about. They spoke about Jesus' departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Jesus had to depart that mountain 
so he could take up his cause on another mountain, the one called Calvary. There Jesus had to make his final departure in death for the sins of the world. He had to leave the mountain and and face the pain and the loss and the shame that was coming his way on the way to that cross. And Peter, he forgot about that plan. He wanted to sit back, relax, and enjoy this glimpse of heaven and forget all about the reality of the tough road ahead of them. And so, Peter, James, and John, they also need to get a reminder from God the Father himself about the plan. A cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And you notice this is very similar to what God said at Jesus' baptism too. This is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased with him. You have the father's voice booming down again, putting a seal, a stamp of approval on Jesus and the work he's doing. And Jesus had done everything perfectly up to this point since the beginning of his ministry. And now, on the final leg of his journey, he's getting assurance once again. He's about to finish everything perfectly too. And Peter needed a reminder that Jesus was the chosen one, the chosen one to bear the sins of all people, the one chosen to be the sacrifice once for all as that long-awaited Messiah. Peter also needed to be reminded by God to listen to Jesus. He needed to be reminded to take Jesus at his word. The word that he spoke just about eight days ago about what he had to do. He had to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. As you hear all this, though, don't you kind of feel bad for Peter? Wouldn't you want the same thing? Wouldn't you have said the same thing? I mean, wouldn't you have wanted to set up camp and just, and just hang out with Jesus in all his glory there? Wouldn't you have wanted to, to just be a fly on the wall listening to this conversation between Jesus, Moses, and Elijah? The problem is, Peter forgot what it meant to really follow Jesus. Following Jesus was not going to always be like this bright, glorious moment. Following Jesus wasn't always going to be easy and awesome like this. It would be tough. As they depart from that mountain, back to reality, those three disciples were going to face a lot of fear, some pain, and even some failure as they follow Jesus to his cross. Peter, he he didn't want to to go through that. He wanted to kick back on that mountain and just enjoy this glimpse of heaven. Peter wanted to make heaven come down to earth. He wanted to capture it and have it right now. In this life, you and I will probably never get to see Jesus physically transfigured before our eyes on a mountain. Probably won't happen. 
But we will all get some, some glimpses of glory, even here on earth. And yet, we're going to want to cling to those little bits of glory we have here. Just like Peter wanted to cling to that vision of heaven that he saw on the mountain. And you start to realize that sometimes hardships are not bad for us as much as sometimes success and comfort could be bad for us. When everything's going well, when, when things all come together without a hitch, that's when you might need to be careful that you don't forget about what God says, about God's plan. You maybe notice that it's, it's usually people who have nothing in this life that are sometimes the most conscious of God. People who have no earthly comfort here find the greatest comfort in God and in what he tells them and his plan. As much as we all strive for glory and success here in this life, those are also things to kind of beware of. Because we have to remember we are not trying to build a heaven for ourselves here on earth. That's impossible. It's not going to work. Because reality will strike again. And you'll only be disappointed if you try to make heaven here on earth. Sin and death have a way of ruining things. And so we want to be careful we don't get so wrapped up in the comforts and success we find on earth that we, that we forget about God's plan. The plan that says we have to take up our own crosses and follow Jesus. The plan that says we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. When you feel like you've already got everything you need or want in life, you might be tempted then to say, it is good for me to be here. I don't need anything else. You might be tempted to set up that tent and not really think about what's happening in the future. When you, when you say these things, when you think these, these things, you're forgetting that you can't stay here. We all have to make our own departures one day. And, and when death comes knocking, suddenly the, the comfort and the, and the glory that you have built for yourself here all really won't mean anything. And this is why Jesus couldn't stay there on that mountain. This is why he had to depart. This is why he had to make his departure to Jerusalem and make his final departure in death so that he could return in victory three days later. Jesus had to make his departure so that you'll be ready for your departure too. Jesus had to leave the mountain. He had to depart. And we know that even once all the glory was gone, these disciples still had the one thing they needed. They needed Jesus. That's all they needed. Because of Jesus, they would one day get to be part of that conversation in heaven with Moses and Elijah and all the others who've gone before. One day they'd get to stand in the presence of God's glory and never have to leave. We know the glory that's, that's in store for us. Because Jesus left the mountain 
because he made us ready for our own departures too. We know our future glory. Even if you don't have any glory or success here on, on this earth, you've already got everything you need. When all that bright glory and the cloud and, and the Old Testament prophets were gone, the disciples found that Jesus was alone. He wasn't shining with the, the light of the sun anymore. He was just normal Jesus again. But he was all Peter, James, and John really needed. They didn't need all that, that bright glory of heaven yet. What they needed now was their Savior. And they needed him to finish his work. They, they didn't need the full glory of heaven. They did need what their Savior was giving to them. And so even when all the glory had departed, they could still say, it is good for us to be here. We've got Jesus. In life, you're going to catch some glimpses of glory. Maybe you'll get to go on that, that dream vacation you've always wanted to take. Maybe you'll find success in your career and the glory that comes with that. Maybe you'll, you'll find what it's like to, to really love and be loved by someone else. And you'll say, it's so good to be here, experiencing all this. You'll be right. It is good. And then again, it's okay too. If there's days on this earth you don't feel like saying, it's so good to be here. It's okay because you know the pain and the sorrow, they're not permanent. And that the glimpses of earthly glory you get, those little vacations from your troubles, those things will encourage you, give you strength to get through those low points in life when you go through the pain and the defeat. And ultimately, it's going to be okay because you already know what Jesus has got waiting for you. The promised future glory that is yours because he, he died and rose from the dead. And so why try to set up Temporary tents, clinging to fading glory here on earth when, when you've already got a mansion that's been built for you by Jesus in heaven. In the unending glory of heaven, why settle for a tent? We're not guaranteed to have glory and success here on earth. And when, when, it, when it does come your way, it won't last forever. But you already have everything you need because you've got Jesus even if you have no earthly glory or success, you have Jesus and the promised future glory he gives you. Just listen to Jesus. Listen to God's word. Future glory is promised. It's guaranteed because of the work your Savior has done for you. We're going to get to be part of that transfiguration scene in heaven one day and unlike the best vacations on earth. We won't ever have to pack our bags and go home. In heaven, we will say, it is good for us to be here. And we'll never stop saying it. Amen.